Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got everything, obviously, NFL and college football, but boxing, combat sports, tennis, golf, Major League Baseball, you name it, you could find it over. On Bet Online, super easy to navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. Sign up today. You'll get a uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V 50. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. And Kyle, a very happy National Morning Show host day to you in honor oh. of Chris Schubert, the former voice. Of Phoenix, Arizona radio. In the morning. In the morning. He's going to give you no acknowledgement. Any acknowledgement at all for this shout out for you, Chris? Yes, I I appreciate the shout out. In a past life, yes, I woke up at like 3, 4 in the morning to do morning radio for like two and a half years. And yeah, it's early. There's a midday nap involved when you do something like that. But yes, thank you for the the acknowledgement. To be fair... You got up at, you said, 3 or 4 in the morning? Yeah, the alarm would go off around 4 in the morning. <laughs> Four, but it's West Coast time, so it doesn't really count as early because no, it's that's, still like light out. That's not how that Coast. works because I'm not doing the show for the East Coast. I'm doing the show for the West Coast. That's not how that worked. We, we still went on the air at 6 a.m. and we did four hours of radio. Chris, so. you, you could do international sports radio, and I would listen from anywhere on the planet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. The good thing about the West Coast radio hosts in the morning is when they ask you to come on your, your show and they're going to want to fill a 630 slot or something like that. Oh, sorry, it's super early. I know it's like, nah, it's 930 my time. Like, exactly. I, had, I had Kyle on, on the regular <laughs> exactly. and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I know it's early because like, I haven't like 630 and he'd be like, dude, it's 930. Like, I'm already right. up, like, ready to no, go. I've been up for four hours by now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, where it gets dicey is those folks out in Honolulu that ask you to get on the radio, and you're like, man, I'm not doing this at 3 in the morning. So, Right. right. All right. Well, happy Tuesday. Um, and, of course, uh, a big shout-out to Chris. Wow. Arizona Diamondbacks, the Coyotes, the Cardinals. Yeah, I missed I missed my heyday because you, you put me on the radio while Cliff was the coach. Oh, boy, it would have been fun on oh, a daily man. basis. I missed Who was, that. I was missed it that Bruce? Bruce? I had a couple years of Bruce, and then I had the Steve Wilkes era. I had the one oh. season of Steve Wilkes as the head coach okay. that I got to talk <laughs> and about. And that was it. You were done. You said I was done. Then I was I'm bad enough. Okay. Were the Suns good? Were any of the teams good? The Suns were the, right before. Was this, that the was D'Antoni the, years? No. The, the That was the year they took DeAndre Ayton, number one overall. So it was before they, they were good. The Diamondbacks were at the end of being good, and the Coyotes were never good. So that was oh, what I had to work with wow, on, Chris. on a daily basis. <laughs> Shout out to all my Arizona listeners. Fontel, where are you at? <laughs> all right. So it's our uh, new Tuesday format where we're going to check the tape. Kyle and I both did some deep dives in, in advance of uh, check today's the tape. podcast. And then uh, two Check truths it. and a lie. I think I got a good one for you guys coming up here okay. later. Okay. Thanks. I got. I stumped okay. everyone last week. I stumped okay. everyone. The rating champ of two truths um, and a lie. Yeah. Real quick, uh, J- Chris, do we want to keep records for two truths and a lie? Because Joe is two and zero. Oh, I am one and one, and you are zero oh and two based off of last week's action. Mm, Perfect. Yeah, the I fact see. that you, the fact that you already have that information ready for me makes me say yes. I would love to keep the standings for two truths and a lie. Can you hit me with that one more time? Joe is two and zero. Oh. Joe is two and zero. Oh. Kyle is one and one. One and one. And, and I'm zero oh and two. And you went and you went rogue and went zero oh and two. Mm. Love to hear it. <laughs> love to hear it. <laughs> Folks, I spent my morning watching the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 2-1 Jaguars, wanted to see what was going on with this football team, 
and uh, how serious we should be taking them as a potential playoff contender, something that I don't think a lot of people expected before the season. So I did a deep dive on the recent game against the Los Angeles Chargers, a road win. I think the final there was 38 to 10. I want to share some of my big takeaways with everybody here, uh, both offensively and defensively for that team. And, and guys, here's where I want to start. I do want to start with the offense. And I think the first thing that you gain an appreciation for in watching this Jaguars offense is just how well coordinated their game plan was, right? They had a really defined plan. Uh, they did a lot of quick scheme throws that opened up some things in the middle of the field later on. They got James Robinson going, and I felt like they had a coordinated effort, a very organized situation there with how they wanted to attack that Chargers defense, and they executed very, very well. And it's interesting because I, I knew the result of the game, but early on you're just trying to gain that feel, right, for for what you're watching. And early on I'm like – is this really going to be a 38 to 10 game? But then you, you saw it all play out. You saw how everything built off of the looks that they showed them early on and it set up for some big plays down the stretch. And so right off the bat, just a lot of appreciation for the architecture of that offense. And Trevor Lawrence played a really good game. He took care of the football. He kept them on schedule. And like I said, it was a lot of manufactured and scheme throws early, but that set up those opportunities to push the ball not super far down the field, but kind of work those intermediate areas, test some man coverage looks, and his red zone throws were phenomenal. All three of his touchdown passes were like A-plus throws. I mean, A-plus is probably pretty rich, but I would say A-level throws where good recognition, good movement, good accuracy, really good work in the red zone. Really love when they got James Robinson going. I mean, I gained such an appreciation for for him watching this football game. Um, obviously he broke the game open. I think it was 16 to 10 and he had a 50 yard touchdown run on like a, a short yardage situation, like broke the game open for the Jaguars. But James is a good player, man. Just vision, uh, the way he sets up tacklers, the way he works his tempo, just very, very sound, like a nuanced football player. That's what I would say about him. And like physically, he's not the most dynamic player. Like he, there's guys that are faster. There's guys that are quicker. There's guys that are bigger. There's guys that are more powerful. But his vision and his nuance in terms of how he alters his tempos, how he sets up tacklers, and it leads to a lot of production. And, and I gained a lot of appreciation for for kind of watching him. And you know, Travis Etienne was kind of ineffective earlier in that football game. Later on, they you know they had a wildcat package for him. They got him going a little bit in the passing game. And later in the game, that explosive gear that he added was a nice balance and complement to what they have. And James Robinson thought the pass protection overall was very, very sound. Ball came out quick. I think Trevor got it out in two and a quarter seconds for the game on average. And um, it, it speaks to just their overall plan. And, and when he wanted to hold it a little bit longer and work it down the field, he was able to do it. But I thought their overall balanced approach allowed them to be very efficient. And the one thing I'll say about this Jags offense, the one dynamic that I wish that they had, I wish they had a field stretcher. I wish they had a guy that can really take the roof off the defense and open up some vertical up. Um, options down the field and, and allow their more possession style receivers to have a little bit more space to navigate uh, their route concepts. But just uh, starting with this, this Jaguars offense, those were kind of my main takeaways from studying them this morning. So I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that last part, because the first question that I wanted to ask you was about explosives and, and mm -hmm. kind of the explosiveness of the offense in general. And Trevor Lawrence through two games is playing exponentially better than what he was last year. Uh, but I have not done the dive like you just did on Jacksonville and you know, six completions of, of 20 yards or more and one completion of 40 yards or more through three games. That's not really an element that has existed. Right. So where does where does Christian Kirk fit in this offense, given the fact that that's kind of what he was in stretches of time at Arizona versus transposed to how he's used in Jacksonville? Yeah, I don't see that being a big part of what he does for this team. I think that they like to get him in the slot a little bit and they like to just trust him to win routes in the short to intermediate areas where I don't think he's really providing that field field stretching dynamic. Uh, their fastest player on offense is definitely Jamal Agnew. Um, but you know, how nuanced of a vertical receiver, he's more of a return guy and, and, you know, you, you kind of set up some touches for him, but I, it's just, I think that is a piece of it. And I was not even aware of those statistics that you brought up. And I would guess, I would guess Trevor didn't have much production 20 plus down the field in this game. I, I, 
I can't even recall that many targets that he really pushed the ball down the field. Um, but as you think about how this team and offense can evolve, I think that's kind of the missing ingredient to really, really make it even more efficient with an explosive element. So I think that is, that is definitely, uh, you know, you kind of came into this wondering and um, I came out of it hoping right for, for that dynamic to exist in this Jags offense. So I think that's something they got to find. How, um how much of that in your mind was what the chargers bring from a pass rush perspective too versus the offensive tackles that Jack, I mean, and they've, they've played mm-hmm. much better Jacksonville's yeah. offensive line, but. Yeah, I think, I think, Jacksonville did such a good job of minimizing Mac and Jones, not because Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson are going to stonewall them for four quarters. I think it's because of all the different looks that they threw at them, especially starting the game with a lot of quick game and some screens that is going to prevent those guys from pinning their ears back and just going all out to rush the passer. So that emphasis on getting the ball out quick with some skiing throws I think helped neutralize them a, a bit combined with good rushing offense. It kept them in a position where they had to respect so much of what Jacksonville was going to throw at them. And it wasn't just, Hey, I'm going to pin my ears back. And I'm a better athlete and I can get around your tackle. What's what's fun with this is transposing it to like the next gen stats, the, the throwing chart, kind of the, the distribution here. Uh, Trevor in week three was two of three beyond 20 yards downfield one was 20 yards on the dot and the other one was 21 and those were two touchdown passes Mm -hmm. uh but then if you go 10 and further he was four of nine so kind of they they did not live in 10 to 20 at all and two of the three throws that they took beyond 20 ended up being touchdowns but the vast majority of this you see all the the completions and, and quick hitting stuff behind the line of scrimmage and within five yards. So just really neat to hear how that complements what you saw when you actually watched the film. Uh, yeah, it makes me feel good because didn't know any of that either. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> well, so that's, that's kind of why that's kind of yeah. why I like check the tape, right? Because yeah. it's like you, you go off and explore and then I hear you talk about it and I will go look for the things that I know if I were to explore that topic and wanted to set the stage for me to go watch it and set an expectation I go look at the data collection to see if it matches up. So I think yeah. that that's that's what I like about this concept that we do with check the tape on Tuesdays. Some quick comments here on the Jags defense. I thought the unit was fast, physical, and played together. Devin Lloyd was terrific in coverage and as a downhill player. Imagine um, that. <laughs> kind of like what well, was at Utah, right? And uh, the interception, like he had an interception, it was a tip ball. Good, you know, speaks to him being around the ball, running to the football, all that type of stuff. But I came away more impressed with the three pass breakups where one was a a man coverage rep against Gerald Everett where he just won the rep and knocked away the football. And the other was uh, a zone drop where he read the backfield, got into the throwing lane and disrupted a pass. And then just the downhill ability. I mean, the, the Chargers couldn't run the ball on Jacksonville at all. And they were really stout up front. Uh, shout out to Fali Fadakasi and Roy Robertson Harris. Those guys were Devon really Hamilton. The- Devon didn't play a ton. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want the breakout it, so bad. I, I wanted it too, uh, but I, I didn't come away with a whole lot of notes on, on Hamilton. It was, it was Roy Robertson Harris. It was um, uh, Fadakasi. Fadakasi. Josh Allen played the run really well. Trayvon Walker played the run well. Uh, but they were styled up front, and, and those backers were able to flow to the football. Devin Lloyd, very confident, triggering downhill. Game doesn't look fast for him at all, and I think that's something you can recognize a lot in, in young linebackers. They're thinking a lot. They're, it looks like they're, you know, their eyes are all over the place. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing out there. He's an experienced player. Josh Allen, a phenomenal game. I think he had like 10 pressures, uh, was heating them up. And, 10? I mean, you're at – well, at, at, when Rashawn Slater goes down, their tackles are Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton, bro, like – that that's a rough that's gonna be rough sledding for 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 uh, for Herbert moving forward because Slater's out for, for the year if I'm not mistaken right with correct the yeah ru- ruptured biceps tendon yeah and Pipkins is the right tackle so uh, come on Justin <laughs> that's gonna be tough for you um, but uh, yeah I mean, Josh Allen Dwayne Smoot every time I watch Dwayne Smoot I'm always impressed a good football player um, and then I guess if there's a a negative here on the Jags defense and I'm not sure it's a negative so much as it is a, a disappointment just. Caleb on chase. I'm just not even a thought for this team right now. He played four snaps. 
Yeah, Arden Key's out snapping it's, him right now. It's he's a just, wild. He had so much potential coming out of LSU, yeah. and it, it, he was such a do everything player. And do you think any of that has to do with having a player like Josh Allen, who who maybe prevents him yeah. from? doing some of the same stuff where like you think about chase on and his projection and it's like, well, he can drop, he can rush. He, you know, he can play on the edge and, and like you have that player in Josh Allen. And I don't necessarily know that structurally it's sound to have two of those players on the field at the same time. Yeah. There's a redundancy. I would agree with that. Um, and especially when you have the perfect compliment now in Trayvon Walker as a point of attack player, you can right. We still versatile. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he gets lost in it, and Smoot's a guy you got to get on the field. I think he's a starter for most teams, a good starter for most teams. So, I mean, he's lost in the sauce, and they also have Arden Key, who's a decent fourth edge, reclamation right? player. Yeah, right. Like so, I mean, they just got a lot of talented, long-armed athletes in that front seven. And I mean, Shaq Griffin went down in this game. Um, they wound up putting Trey Hearn in that corner, rotating Demarion Williams from the slot and outside a little bit. Tyson Campbell's playing good. Uh, Cisco's okay at safety. You know, I think he's still kind of a feast or famine type player. Uh, made some plays, cost him some plays. Um, but I just – it's this cohesive football team. They got they got talent. They're young. They're well coached. And, look, I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a reason to believe that this team can have a winning record, compete in that division, and, and really challenge for one of those seven spots in the AFC. I think that's my overwhelming thought when I, when I watch this tape today. Folks, flat. What should it describe? Your TV, TV screen. Screen, not your TV sound. TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. You can breeze through setup. Folks, I figured it out with help from the Sonos app. You can even use your remote for control. And, folks, that just happens. It just knows to use your remote. Because uh, I'll tell you, me and programming remotes, not a great thing. It's but, not good. Uh, th- it's all synced up on its own. And uh, I also love when the TV's off. You can stream music, radio, podcasts, audiobooks from all your favorite services. So when your two-and-a-half-year-old says, Daddy, I want to listen to the Cupid Shuffle, you just take your phone, push mm-hmm. play on the Cupid Shuffle, send it to the Sonos Ray. The next thing you know, you're having a dance party in the middle of your living room. This is my life. This is Kyle's life. So if that's your life, too, it's a great soundbar. If you want to check it out, folks, visit Sonos.com to shop for the Ray now. Okay, so I checked the tape as well, and I did a couple of teams in the last 36 hours, but the one that I wanted to commit the conversation to here was to uh, the defensive effort of the Buffalo Bills uh, effectively missing their entire secondary against the Dolphins in Week 3 and what they were able to do from... Uh, a schematic perspective, Joe, and I, I don't know if you've had a chance to completely dig through. It was only 39 snaps. So, you know, <laughs> right. it's, oh, what? It's a trip to the bathroom, right? You sit there and rip through 39 snaps, all 22. Try watching the other side of the ball and mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. process the defense. Um, but I, I, I wanted to come in here and I wanted to give Coach McDermott and Coach Frazier a ton of credit for having those guys ready to play. You're missing two all pro caliber, pro bowl caliber safeties. Tredavious White is obviously on PUP to start the year. Dane Jackson is out. Uh, So you're starting two rookie corners, two backup safeties. And I'm sitting here watching the game. And some of the ways in which this team got to quarters coverage from their pre-snap looks and the rotations that they had these guys on with young players at the corners. And I know that some of the feedback from a lot of Bills fans coming out of the game was some of the situational football stuff down the stretch, right? Like running drop eight on third and 22 and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm just looking more like big picture, like how ready and how complex Buffalo still managed to be while playing no play. You saw the tweet from Schefter before the game. Their starting secondary had to combine three starts in the secondary. And everything from squeezing formations when the Dolphins went condensed formations and the Bills were running cover two or, or quarters, you know, they weren't dropping to grass and spacing the full field. They were spacing as was dictated by the formations they were getting. And I think that in zone coverage, that gets a lost a lot of times with dropping to grass and covering unnecessary areas, 
as compared to if you're facing a condensed formation, the way the Bills funneled everything into the middle of the field where these athletic linebackers that they had that were the starters were still playing and living, I thought was really, really impressive. Um, and then they they get into uh, some some motion checks, auto checks, and you know the Dolphins ran jet motion and they automatically rolled four week the four week safety down, put them on the edge of the line of scrimmage, and had that player attack the mesh, and it led to a sack, it led to a tackle for loss, uh, it blew up a run, uh, or it, it blew up a play down uh, when the Dolphins were trying to get out of their own end zone there in the final two minutes and almost created a safety. So. It was just really impressive to me to see this defense with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, who have spent so much time together, their ability to onboard and get a secondary ready to go that you know, I didn't feel like there was anything super off the table for them versus what I had seen versus my standard expectations for the back end of the Bills defense. Now, maybe if you have different players in there, they anticipate certain plays better. They can test throws a little tighter. But at the, at the end of the day, I just I walked away from this. And I'm like, yeah, the Bills were missing a bunch of dudes, but there, I don't think there was anything that they didn't do that they would have normally done. And I was impressed by the exotic looks that they got in pre-snap looks to get the quarters in, on the back end anyway and change the picture. Yeah, you've heard you've heard a lot of quarterbacks talk about how the Bills change the picture and spin late and rotate to to looks that you don't expect, and it caused you kind of hold the ball a little bit longer, and you know that's uh, allows their rush to get there. Um, so uh, it's cool for you to, to recognize that. Um, I, I, I guess my follow-up point that I want to make here is not necessarily kind of leaning into your analysis there because I think it stands for itself. Um, but from the Bills' side of things, I think that's what makes the loss annoying, right? If you lose the game and you're like, well, they just went after these corners right. with Hill and Waddle and you couldn't stop them, you're like, well, okay. You just were overmatched, but the Bills found a way to m- mitigate that and not allow that to be the a contribute. I would say much of a contributing factor at all as to why they lost the football game. Um, and so the Bills didn't. The Bills didn't lose the game because they didn't have their right. secondary and no. Ed Oliver right. playing. The, the right. Bills lost the game because the Dolphins played Ben. They they hit you with that stereotypical Belichick style mm-hmm. formula to play defense, where they bend don't break. And they bowed their back, and and you know Buffalo's uh, need to to go out and get a a fourth down late in the game, preventing them from kicking a field yeah. goal. You never anticipate you're going to get a safety with a punt off somebody's back end in their own end zone. You know they they missed the field goal, but Emmanuel Ogba tipped that field goal and and did force that that kick to go wide when they missed the field goal, and and that was a contributing factor as well. But I mean, how many plays they run, and they finished with 90. three point three point. Three yeah. points in, in the second half on 220 yards, and they had time of possession. They must have had 20 minutes time of possession in the second half of the football game. Right. And well, some, it, some of that was Miami making plays, and some of that, I think, yeah. was fatigue from Buffalo. Yeah. They had a 20-play drive, I think, and a 17-play drive in the second half that resulted in a total of three points. Like, Right. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? That got nothing to do with Poyer Hyde, Trey White, Dane Jackson, that Oliver, and Jordan Phillips. You know, you know what what's I mean? funny is 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 I'm I'm watching the game with my wife and there's Miami scores with ten minutes left to take the lead and she's like, like how 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 are you feeling and I'm like well there's ten minutes left so each team probably has two more possessions and it was like well Buffalo got it and you looked up and it was the two minute warning and they were on the two the two yard line trying to First go to in go from the two didn't score yeah it's like so but but the. Somebody needs to hire Leslie Frazier as a head coach because if nah, McDermott and nah. if McDermott and Frazier can have the entire secondary out and they can still get these guys vibing like this defensively, like we need to break up the party for the good of the NFL because it's it's really scary that that Buffalo was able to play that deep into their playbook, and I guess that's a testament of the kind of guys that they go after on the defensive side of the ball. Right. But um, I I just thought they did a really nice job in hitting zone landmarks, funneling throws to preferred areas of the field for the vast majority of the game. Um, And, and, you know, they they're going to be just fine defensively. 
I think I think if I were a Bills fan defensively, the thing that I would be most frustrated about was how little of an impact Von Miller really had on the football game. To lean into your original point here about zone coverage and, and all that type of stuff, you know, I, I don't think we we talk enough about just the smarts that it takes to work process of elimination, understanding where the eligibles are, what their initial route stems tell you, and eliminate possibilities as the rep goes through, right? You understand there's no threat to certain size, so you can condense your your landmark. You can adjust. You can squeeze harder. And I think the best DBs are the ones that obviously have the physical skill but are able to do that on the fly, process of elimination based on splits and the route stems and understanding where you don't need to be to condense, make things tighter, and ultimately give you a chance to make more plays on the ball and, and, and contest. So I, I think that's an underrated component of evaluating zone coverage. You know, it's, I, I now finally understand the Sean McDermott does not care about CB2 narrative that existed for five years. Right? We, how, how often we t- did we talk about, oh, the CB2 in Buffalo, mm-hmm. it's an area of need. Well, it's like, well, McDermott historically hasn't cared. Right. <laughs> you know? And it's, well... Yeah, you got Benford and Elam and uh, who was who was the practice Jamarcus, squad? Jamarcus Ingram, UDF out of Buffalo. And Jamarcus Ingram's playing press coverage on the boundary, and that he ends up turning and spinning out of there at the snap, and he's playing the field deep quarter. And it's like in the like like not the bound not against the sideline either. Like he's got to spin from press coverage on the boundary and get into the middle of the field to take a deep quarter, and this guy's up off the practice squad and they're doing this stuff. It was that, that for me was like, wow, man, like I, I had a great appreciation from a lot of storylines of the game, but just looking at things objectively from the bill side of things, like, I don't know how you don't tip your cap and be like, that's a the, the phenomenal coaching job by the bills on that front. And, and I know that the bills coaching staff will probably get beat up for some game situation stuff in a close game. Um, uh, from from the fans and and pundits, but they certainly deserve their due for the job that they did getting the guys that they had ready to play on Sunday. Everything but that third and twenty two. <laughs> right. It's also a great route. Great route by Jalen Waddle. Chris, it, it, it was a great route. Well, gentlemen, two truths and a lie. We're here to compete against one another. Work together to try to see. Here's the problem. I was thinking about this. Way. I was paying attention, but I was also now thinking about this. Now, now we're keeping scores, so you want to misguide well, now, the other people. I now have to re-hedge. Like I hedged last week. I now have to hedge again in a spot to be able to make it. I'm I'm so screwed for the remainder of the year, but Chris, we'll see if I'm able to pull you, this off. We're you get two a week, right? You do. You get two chances a week. So we've got about 30 of these left. Yeah, I got to go. Don't force it. Don't no, no, force no. it. No, I, but late in the year, we're going to press a little bit if we have to. <laughs> it's, it's week Joe, two, baby. Joe, you're two, two. And a, Joe, you're two and a. Why don't you go first? Why don't you deliver? Yeah, your, Joe, you why this... don't you go first? Okay. Uh, two By the way, wait, hold on. For those, who, for those who maybe are new to the show and maybe don't know what we're doing, uh, three statements we're all going to read to each other. Two of them are truths. One of them is a lie. It is up to the other two people to work together most of the time to attempt to figure out which one is the lie. All right. So, again, this is I'm going to read you three statements. Two of these, I believe. One of them, I do not. Number one, more than one quarterback in the NFL leads their team in rushing yards in 2022. More, more than, than one. one. More than one. Leads their team in rushing yards in 2022. Yeah, so hear I those do, fingers, man. Yeah, we guys we, are looking we, stuff up. Yeah, here. there's going to need to be some checks on this to make sure that we we feel comfortable here. Number two, are you ready for number two? Please, yes. Nick Chubb, Browns running back, is the best pure runner in the NFL. Nick Chubb is okay. the best pure runner in the NFL. Okay. Number three, there are one or fewer. Winless teams in the NFL after this weekend. One or fewer. Okay. So right. that's the tech the Texans and the Raiders are the Texans. teams of concern. Correct. Texans and Raiders are winless. I'll check to make sure that there's no 
any other team that is also And the Cowboys. Raiders. I said win for Chris there. I like a shout out, please. Appreciate that. Yes, I appreciate that very much for being it's kick accurate. Rocks. Um, <laughs> oh, and three. They're not oh, and three. Oh, and three. Oh, yeah, two. so the Texans are 0 oh, 2 and 1, and the Raiders are 0 oh, and 3. That's it. That's all we got. So they have the do Broncos. Do they play each other? They do, they do play not. <laughs> they do not play each other. That would have been a big misstep by Joe. Uh, the Texans play the Chargers, and the Raiders play the Broncos. So what was the statement? There, there will be one or fewer winless teams in the NFL after this weekend. Well, Houston's not getting a win. I mean, I know the Chargers are banged up. But the Chargers will, will bounce back for so sure. They'll, so so they'll it's, be does, does Joe does believe Joe, that the Raiders the, beat the Broncos? Yeah. Does he believe that? That's that's question one. Okay. Question two is how many quarterbacks can you realistically see leading their team in rushing? I have so three. I Okay, I actually have the full rushing leaders up, and it has the quarterbacks listed in here as well. This one I think is a lie. I don't think he believes this. Okay, so here's the problem. Lamar's doing it, right? Lamar is currently doing it, and yes, they just brought J.K. Dobbins back. No one's going to be able to keep pace. So I think Lamar's for sure going to lead the team in rushing yards. I'm just going to tell you, Josh Allen's got a strong argument. Okay, because I watched fair. I watched him try and run the ball, and I know they didn't have Mitch Morris, and Ryan Bates went out for a stretch. Josh Allen is currently leading his team in rushing, and I think he's got a strong chance to do it for the season. Now I will tell you the, the backs one, are not dynamic. They the correct. Right now, Jalen Hurts is not leading the Eagles in rushing. He's got about, he's he's given up 80 yards. To Miles Sanders. I think Kyler Murray is another strong name to invoke here. Kyler has not really run through three games. Right, but mainly because they choose not to. So now now right. you have to now do you trust Cliff Kingsbury enough here? I don't know if I do. But but that's a good name to invoke, Kyle. I wasn't thinking that. So that's a fourth right. name we put so into the So I mix. think that I think there's four candidates. I think one of them is a lock in Lamar and it's and then, it's And then we play the Joe Marino game where we go, "Oh, the field one of those will definitely do it." I could see that's how we could get there. I could really see him thinking that Josh Allen pulls it off. Okay, so put that one to the side. You may have convinced yep. me of that one. What was the okay. third one? Something about quarterbacks. Nick. Yeah, oh, Nick so Chubb. Chubb. That's Nick fact. Chubb. That's that is factual. That is 1 million percent fact. You don't want to entertain any other field no. opportunity here? No. Okay. All right. No. So then I think... Then I think have he you does seen not, have you seen his rushing yards above expectation versus like the rest of the league? I've I've just, he's just leading the league in rushing. That's all I really. He's need like fifty percent higher expected yeah. yards per carry versus actual yards per carry than like the next closest person. He's unbelievable. Um, then that means we believe that Joe thinks the Raiders are going to lose. That's what we're saying here, and I don't hate that, but I'm just, that's what we're doing. I just the quarterbacks. I just don't know. I just I'm not sure. I'm I'm gonna go with the the Raiders that that there will be one winless team. Is the lie. I've given you my I, logics. You, I know you have know every what, opportunity yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, I might close ground on you right now. Who knows? I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna, I I know I said I wasn't gonna do this, but I just I'm not sure. I think it is the quarterbacks that there are going to be two quarterbacks that lead their team in rushing. So I, that is going to be my submission for the lie. All right. So Kyle thinks that I believe the Raiders and Texans lose this week. One of them lose this week. No, I, I think, I think you feel they you both think, lose. I think they that, both lose. Yes. I, that, that is your okay. lie. Okay. And Chris thinks that I don't believe more than one quarterback leads their team in rushing. Whoa, 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 whoa. More than one? I thought it was more than two. No, it's more than one. He said two or more. Okay, then I, I will. Then yes, my, my logic is, is, is correct. Yes, yeah. I will stick with my answer. So you think, I, you think that I believe there's going to be at least two NFL quarterbacks that leads their team in rushing this year? No. No, I, th I think the opposite. This two truths and a lie. Correct. Fun here. Yeah. Correct. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 all right, here it is. The answer. Holy I do not believe that more than one quarterback leads their team in rushing yards in 2022. Josh Allen yes. was the name, and I know that he's leading, and I know yes. that he's got a little bit of a lead on Devin Singletary, but, 
But I just I think there's going to be such a desire for that to not be true yes. that the Bills will will get it going with one of these backs. Joe, you you also don't think that a 23-13-13 carry split might allow this to still happen? They got uh, some, three three backs. At some point, Devin Singletary will like he played sixty two of the ninety snaps on Sunday. I don't think that they trust these other guys, man. And I think I'm that they want—they're not going to want Josh to run this much. In fact, I don't think he had. Did he have a design run against Miami? I know that he run that he. They ran he, the option, down on the goal line. Yeah. Oh, the read option—that was a dumb the zone read. Call. That was first. And, that was on first and two. You know, you know why they, going. you know why they did that because Brandon Jones—they they ran long mesh and Brandon Jones took quarterback and kind of stepped halfway inside and like he pointed at Josh and Josh pointed back at him in the second half and had like in a whole exchange about that. They knew. I think they, they came knew. back to the well trying to get that. Yeah, even Brandon Jones seemed like their buddies. That they had some good mutual respect there. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, so, but I do. No, I think I think either Raiders or the Texans win. I think, and it might be the Texans. Might be the Texans. This Chargers team. I can't wait. Right can't now. wait for this take to they have age no tackles. Like Jerry Hughes has four sacks. Things we love Getting to after see. It. I made the game back already. I'm tied with Kyle. I made it back. Yeah, you're over Didn't here wondering home. how you're going to do this. Yep, and made I, it right I, back. They might both win. We might have zero winless teams. After this weekend. All right, Kyle, you were second in the standing, so you can go second. Sure. Um, I have, I, I would kindly request no Googling for these because these are more factual. They're not opinion based. They sure. are, they are okay. statistics oh. based. Wow. Okay. 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 Um, so the first one is of the 24 qualifying, 24 top qualifying quarterbacks in the NFL. And this does not include Trey Lance because he got hurt. Um, Justin Fields has less attempts than every other quarterback has past completions through three weeks. <laughs> okay. That's, that's okay. so true. So that's one. Okay. Uh, Oh, that's the whole statement. That is the whole statement out of the top wow. 24 qualifying quarterbacks. Justin Fields has less attempts than every other quarterback has completions. Okay. And this is a statistical, like it's true or false. Um, my next take is that Joe Flacco, from a yards per attempt perspective, is the worst quarterback of those top 24 qualified quarterbacks. Okay. So he has the lowest yards per attempt among those 24? Yes. yes. Okay. And my final take is that Russell Wilson, and this is more opinion-based, Russell Wilson is a bottom-tier quarterback based on the first three weeks of the NFL season. So Kyle has two legitimately factual statements that could be factual mixed with an opinion. Yes. All and right, I like so, to play the gamesmanship thing, and this is a different way of doing it because now I'm presenting facts mixed. Yeah, you opinions. you kind of changed the rules of the game a little bit, but I appreciate. The How did I? No, How I did appreciate I? it. I appreciate it's, it. It's it's literally the, the yeah. only rules of the game is to pre to present two truths and a lie. Yeah. Okay, so let's can we Get start piped. with the Flacco thing? So I know he's had a ton of passing attempts. He throws. But there was a point he, they're gonna sh they're gonna shatter the pass attempt record at this rate. Right, but as a, he was I know he was top 5, he was 2 in yards, right? Number 2 in yards last week. Yeah, I mean he threw for, he threw for 300, he threw for 300 the first two games of the season. Yeah, it ain't him. So that's that's probably the that's lie. That's the that's the lie. If we could just go right there and just call it a day. Not even Unless there's somebody else. else that we're not thinking of that has a bazillion passing attempts and no yards. Now Fields is interesting because like he doesn't have a lot of attempts, but he also doesn't have a lot of yards, right? Yeah, but it, but it was it was he it, it's his attempts versus everybody else's completions. Yeah, He's but Joe's, Joe's saying from a yards per yeah per, right, right, right. Like right. perspective. From, right. I'm just all I'm saying to Joe is he threw the ball 11 times in week one, and then he's I think he threw it 17 times each of the last two weeks. So we're talking at best 50 passing attempts. You're telling me that every other qualified quarterback doesn't have 50 completions? That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm. I'm talking about. Joe Flacco and yards per attempt being the worst. Who right, are the Joe, contenders all, against him? All I'm trying to do is rule out that statement. So we're dealing with a 50, 50 proposition. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, if, but I'm still I'm still leaning into this Flacco thing because what if Justin Fields has a lower yards per attempt? Okay, I, I'm agreeing with you. Can we agree here that the first statement is absolutely true and we can move on with our lives? Yes. Okay, so now we're dealing with what you what your problem is and then the third statement, which I would love to be heard again, please. Russell Wilson is a bottom-tier quarterback for the first three games. Based on the first three weeks of the season. Bottom-tier. Do we believe that Kyle believes that? Yes. I Yes, I absolutely believe that Kyle believes that. When we say bottom-tier, like, who who else is in that cl- classification for, for Kyle? Do you want me to He's probably got Jimmy G some bottom-tier quarterback? He's prob- Jimmy G's a million percent, and whatever, whatever bottom-tier you are defining – right. I, needs to have Jimmy Garoppolo in it. He he probably has Flacco in there. He probably has Trubisky in there. He probably has Davis Mills in there. That's that's the right kind of names to be involved. I, th- in I mean, right I think okay, I, I, so that's fair enough. So, do we think that Kyle believes Russell Wilson belongs in that bucket right now through three weeks? I think we. I think I. I think I believe that. Well, here's the thing: is if. If the first two statements are in fact true, then they can't be the lie. Right, but let's but let's play this game, right? Let, let's play deep meta here. Are the two the two statements that he's going to present as fact the ones that are going to be true, and then the lie is going to be his opinion? That doesn't feel like something Kyle would do. If the opinion is probably truthful, and it's one of the facts that is the red herring. And if it's so, one of the facts, it has to be. It's the one of the. It's it's got to be the Flacco one. Boys, my, my brain twisted in a pretzel right now I'm trying to figure this out. So I, 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 lie. I like I like the second one being the lie. So Chris is saying that Joe Flacco having the least yards per attempt in the NFL amongst the top 24 qualifying just, quarterbacks is the Joe, lie. He's, Joe, he's slinging it around all over the place. Like right, he's but he the has ball. the yardage to go with it. It's got. He said he has two 300-yard games. Right, he's got two 300-yard games. That's got to be enough for him to not be last, right? He's got like What's 600 his other yards. Game? And what was the other game that wasn't 300 yards? It was yesterday or Sunday. Which was, what did he have? It, it wasn't great. He pro- I, I don't, off the top of my head, no. It was probably around It wasn't 200. like 50 yards, right? It was no, like no, no. 200 no. or like a regular game, it, just horrible. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Are we good? We don't have to agree on this, but I do you, agree with you. I do agree with you. I'm, so I'm, the second, I'm, we I'm would, locked in. The second statement is the lie. And Joe, you agree with this? Yes. So you are both saying that Joe Flacco having the lowest yards per attempt amongst the top 24 qualifying quarterbacks in the NFL right now is a lie. Yes. You're both wrong. So go ahead and uh, save myself. Okay. Well, can you tell us who is and where Joe Flacco is? Uh, Joe Flacco is last with 5.8 yards per attempt. Because it's true. That's why. Who else is down there? Yeah. Uh, so he has 901 yards on 155 attempts, Jesus. 155 attempts amongst the top qualifying quarterbacks. Uh, Carson Wentz and Josh Allen are the next closest with 130 and 132. Joe, I should have tried. So Joe, Joe's got an extra 23 pass attempts and 25 pass attempts on those guys. Yeah, that's what that's what did us, Joe. So you think so the lie is that you don't think Russell. What is the lie? The lie is that Justin Fields has less attempts than every other top 24 qualifying quarterback has we, completions. We said you guess the, so much time. Can you guess the quarterback who has less completions mm. of the top 24 than, than Justin Fields has attempts? Or Justin guys. Fields through three games. Not Justin so Fields has 45 pass attempts. Baker? So some, it is Baker Mayfield with 42. Should have known because he's been like 15 to 30. For his games. Oh, Chris, we just wasted a lot of time discussing uh, something that. And I just and I just I moved to one and three. That's what happened there. I I finished the week one and three. I panicked. I I panicked when I lost the first one, and this is like the best case scenario because now I'm I'm back. I'm back. All right. Here we go. Do I do I need to write stuff down here, Chris? I don't think so. I think you'll be you'll be fine. (laughs) So here, so here here we go. The team with the worst outlook in the AFC West is the Las Vegas Raiders. Patrick Mahomes is currently the favorite for the MVP. 
And as we enter week four, there are five coaches on the hot seat. And what I mean by that is I think they could get fired at the end of the season. That is how I'm defining hot seat for the take of this statement. Kyle, why, why is it not immediately Mahomes is the MVP? Why is it not that? Lamar, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts all have clearly better resumes right now. And the Chiefs just scored 17 points against the Colts. Right. Like, I, I would love to sit here and hash out the first and third, but why is that not the lie? And I how am can Chris defend I, that? I, I am inclined to agree with you. Now, the first one is it comes down to Broncos versus Chargers. Raiders. Broncos versus Raiders, because he has the Raiders as the team that's worse. I, and I, the Broncos are playing terribly and are terribly coached. But the Broncos are two and one. Right. Correct. Versus the Raiders are 0 and 3. Have nothing on the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball other than Max Crosby. I think that one's true. I mean, they are, they are already on a weekly basis talking about firing Josh McDaniels. Right. So, but does Chris believe it's true? I do think Chris believes it's Kind of a little bit true. of a Raiders. Like, that's definitely his second favorite team, right? The Raiders? Yeah, you got yeah, me. Yeah, but I, 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 I think he's have, like, the rude, like, come to football Jesus realization and yeah. looking at the Raiders, like, oh, man, like, they are in trouble. Yeah, I think Chris has had some time with some good reflection over the last... 36 hours based on yesterday's staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the third one being five coaches. We can comfortably say Ron Rivera, Matt Rule. Who else we want to go here? Does he believe in like McDaniels oh, and I, I know for a Sala? fact he believes Robert Sala a million percent. We know that one's factual. Chris, is it five or at least five? At, as we enter week five, there are five coaches four, on the hot seat. Four, uh, sorry, four. as we enter week four, there are five coaches on the hot seat. It just feels like McCarthy. Two is so, McCarthy. Yeah. If it's not number two, then Chris just he's wrong. He just that's is, not right. right? Like, but, but but Joe, that's not the game. The game is not is no, Chris wrong. Right now but he's gonna is, now he's gonna try and throw it off his scent. Right. It's, it's number two. It's number two. It has to be. There's three. There's three players with clear better. Like at least three, right? At least three. It's 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 Josh uh, or Patrick Mahomes being the MVP. Clear MVP front runner is the lie. Clear. He used the word clear. It's it's clear. two. Two is it's the lie. lie. I, I, I will say I did not use the word clear. I use Patrick Holmes is currently the favorite for the MVP. Those were the words that I chose. Uh, you would be correct. That is the lie. Yeah! That is absolutely the lie. Uh, and it's Kyle not so much. Excited. It's not so much that I am a Raiders fan. I'm just a Derek Carr defender. Like that's just kind of been my brand. And they're not losing because of Derek Carr. Like that's not the reason why that they're losing. They're losing because right. they can't protect Derek Carr and because the play clock is bad. Um, and then wait, wait. go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, mine's a pivot, so you finish okay. your thought. And yeah. then for the other one, this is how I broke it down. These are the five coaches that I think are on the hot seat. Sala, Rivera, Cliff are three that I Ooh, said are locks. McCarthy. And then I, and then I said, well, they're two and one without Dak. Like, I, I, I'm not there yet. If they make Sean the playoffs, Payton's going to come back, bro. They're not. I, Sean I Payton's coming. And then I had it broken down into this category. One of Staley McDaniels. So one of those guys probably is going to go. And then one of Rule or Arthur Smith is going to go is how I have it broken down uh, at this point. And so if you wanted Ed McCarthy, then can't wait for Steve. all of them to go. And we'll have another eight coach hiring cycle like we did last year. <laughs> right. Didn't it get to nine once Bruce? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of yeah, like a did. seamless thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of fun. I know we're right up against it, but Chris, I, second favorite teams is an interesting topic. Is it the Raiders for you? Like, do you, my is second it? favorite team? Yeah. I don't have a. I don't have a second favorite team. I am a supporter of one. Do you, team. Have a, do you have a team that you like to kind of root for on the side, though? Like, oh, like I like their players on this squad, and yeah, I mean, listen, I. I I channel the energy of the, the players that I defend. So, yeah, I would say, like, I, I root for the Raiders in the sense of, like, I want Derek Carr to do well because I want my take to age well, right? But, like, I don't have a team that I, like, rah-rah for. Like, one of my best friends is a Raiders fan, so that's the other part of it, too. Like, I root for him to, to have success. Like, I'm not rooting. Like, my sister's a Bills fan. That's not happening. Like, you're not getting my support. Best thing about your sister. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not. 
I'm not doing that. So no, I don't really have a second favorite team. I think my rant yeah. yesterday kind of kind of proved my the team that I'm a supporter of. Kyle, do you have one? I don't even think I could sit here and like, honestly, like guess one for you. So, and I do this in college football where like, I kind of find myself, I'll get attracted to like certain players or certain coaches. And like right now with like the lions on hard knocks and stuff like that. And Dan Campbell, like I got a soft spot for Detroit. I don't have a second team and it'll probably change as like if Detroit fires Dan Campbell or they get really good and they become annoying and cocky like what Golden State did when Golden State first became good and then like they started throwing mouthpieces at referees and stuff it's like all right well I'm not gonna sit here and root for you like just play the game like it'll probably evolve but right now I would probably look at Detroit and this is the true masochist in me because now I've identified the two teams with the longest playoff wind droughts in the NFL as the two teams that I (laughs) find myself cheering for the most who is who is it? It's Detroit and who? Miami. Not the Jets. The Jets Asshole. have made the postseason more. Re- I'm not trying to be funny. I didn't know that. The Jets went to the AFC Championship game with Rex Ryan and Mark yeah, Sanchez twice. Twice. The Dolphins. Shoot. The Dolphins last won a playoff game in like 2000. Mm. Because we run into because we run into Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the playoffs every time we make it. Oh. Couldn't be me. Beat those teams when we went. Well, right now the a- the AFC goes through Miami, so you're you're in good shape so far. By the way, there were get 10, some home playoff games in in 10, January. Hopefully, t- ten. Is the sun hot then be okay. <laughs> it's it's still warm. Is ten it, new head coaches this year. Baking ten the them. other team on the side. Ten. Ten is what I'm trying to make. Let's call, let's call OSHA. Department of Labor. <laughs> we, file bro, Joe, as Joe heard a word I said, he hasn't heard a word no. I said. What do you, what, what are you ten, talking about? Ten coaches. Ten. It's been ten, ten, coach, ten, ten coaches. I said a ten. Ten of them. You guys were talking we about that how reference? many coaches. Nobody? No, I did not. Reference? I bet Sam got it, though. Well, that's... Yeah, oh. he yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did. Sam said yeah, three words on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I did. And it's a perfect way for us to go ahead and drop the mic. Uh, with a great reference that you guys are just going to have to look up if you're not familiar with. Tan! Uh, a tan, I said a tan. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on the show. Uh, check the tape, Two Truths and a Lie, every Tuesday here on Draft Dudes. Thanks to our friends over at Online for their continued support. Chris, yes, I know we got something programming-wise tomorrow that we want to acknowledge. Not the normal show. You're still going to get it to your maker Wednesday, but we are not going to be doing the normal show because we are doing a full, in one episode, the September mock draft happens tomorrow on mm-hmm. the show. So have a good time with that tomorrow. Have a good time. Have a great rest of your day. Kyle Krabs, Jeremy, and Chris Schubert. Sam Russo even in there in the back, behind the curtain yes, back did. here, making the magic happen. Have a great one. Thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.